Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Oh Lord, it's good to be in your house. It's good to sing your praises this morning. It's good to be with your people and to meet with you. A blessing that is. Let's not take that for granted this morning. We've come to worship you. We've come to seek your face, to understand more about what you want for us in our life. So Lord, open our eyes to hear, our ears to hear, our hearts to experience what love is. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's scripture is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Probably sound familiar if you've been to a wedding, right? Because it gets used in a lot of weddings. Just remember, it wasn't created in the Bible for weddings. Right? That's not, that was not the intent. Uh, this was, this was uh, the Apostle Paul helping the Corinthians understand what love looks like. I speak, if I speak in tongues of angels, of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, can only fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship and that, that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects and always trusts and always hopes and always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word as we continue to sing. I'm sure each one of us at one time or another, especially even this morning, ask ourselves, who am I? Do I deserve your love? Do I deserve your grace? Am I really worth it? Lord, we come as as humble servants, humbled by your love recognizing that there is nothing in us good enough to save us at all. Good enough to be loved, and yet you love us unconditionally. Lord, we hold tight to the peace that says, I am yours. Bought for a price. That price is the blood of Jesus. 
And so, Lord, we stand in awe this morning. We heard the prayers of your people. And Lord, we were moved because you are, we know you are a good God who loves and cares for each one of us. And so, Lord, we don't take that for granted. We don't walk in here and do our duty and walk back out, but we work to love you in return for how well you and how big you have loved us. Lord, thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're a child, you can run. Go. Do it. Good job, boys. Your kids listen. That's good to see. <laughs> Olivia, you're supposed to run. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so we did uh we did your favorites for a couple weeks now we're gonna um I, I don't know if you know but it's becoming the hallmark uh holiday is right around the corner right and we we all like to celebrate it here at greenfield by making chili but uh that's only on one day right so um i want to spend a couple weeks talking about love and we're going to start out with, what is love? <laughs> if you don't know that song, ask Brian after, after service. He'd be willing to show you a few dance moves with it, right, Brian? Yeah, yeah. He, that was his initial response when he heard the question. But I want to ask you that question. You know, we know what love looks like uh, when we experience it. We know what love looks like when we don't experience it. But what is love? What is it? It's, you know, this nice little short uh, word, not a lot to it, and yet a lot around it. A lot of examples. Any, any suggestions? What is it? Sacrifice. Okay, good. That's a good word. Commitment. Good word. Honesty. Unselfishness, all right. What was it? God. Hey, don't be stealing my thunder. <laughs> Absolutely. What else? What does love look? What is? What is love? Kindness. A choice. Okay. Unconditional. Neutral. Uh, not always. Dan. The cross. I was going to say, uh, Dan Peters and I were talking about this passage, and and he said this is really hard to draw. If you don't know, Dan's been uh, Dan's actually a really pretty good artist, and and he loves to draw uh, scripture, the scene of scriptures, right? And and it's funny because most scriptures we read, we can jump in and we're like, yeah, we can put a whatever, right? We we put a person or a thing or whatever it is. And we can, we can describe it with a view. And when we get to love, it, it, it becomes really big, very encompassing. Uh, and, and, I, and I bet if you're honest with yourself, we see love and we know what love looks like. But, but if we were asked to draw one picture of love, we would struggle. 
to, to get that, that image in our mind. My dogs have a view of love, right? Their view of love is, let me out, let me in, feed me. Right, that's right, that's love. Scripture tells us some other uh, views, right? Love each other as I have loved you. So be an example, right? Be an example. You probably have heard this one. Love is a verb, right? An action word. And so when we think about love, we, we see it in action. And so that helps us to see what love looks like. Uh, we, we get a sense of that uh, when, when people reach out to us. Uh, acts of service, right? When we, when we feel that love. And if, you, if you've ever read that book, uh, Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages, um, it's, pretty, it's a simple book. It simplifies what love, uh, what, I think it's a bit simple, but the reality is it does help us understand how people uh, give and receive uh, love. This love, we know this love, right? Our first love, right? We, know, we remember those days. We, we make fun of the teenagers who are there now, but we remember, right? It's easy to make fun of someone, um, but we remember them in our own life, uh, that, that feeling of our first love, right? Our first real love. And I always say, be careful, because you might get married to that person, right? I met my wife when I was 14, I think. 14? I was 15. She was 14. I don't know. We're going for 75 years. We're, we're shooting. We gotta, I don't remember. I was so young, I don't remember. That was a long time ago, just saying. <laughs> but we but we see those we see those that go on around us right and we 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 like to call it young love right because we understand it that love is a whole lot bigger and deeper than um than candies and roses and uh, a nice card we understand that love uh is a little more challenging than that love is a lot bigger than that um <clears throat> so uh um so we want um all right, I'll do. Um, we're gonna stop real quick. Uh, Jackie Butterfield. I, I just got this message. So Jackie Butterfield is on her way to St. Vincent's um, and in cardiac arrest. So we want to. I want to stop real quick and pray about that because uh, it it's important. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you even right now, and we pray for uh, pray for Jackie. Oh, Lord, we pray that uh, you would uh, put your healing hands on her. Oh, Lord, give the, the EMTs wisdom as they transport her and the doctors as she, as she goes in to the hospital this morning. Lord, we pray for Bill uh, and Edward and their family, Lord, as they deal with that as well. Oh, Lord, their, their hearts are heavy and, and so are ours. And yet we call upon you because we know you and we, we know, Lord, that you uh, love your people. And so we ask that, Lord, you'd protect her this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Thanks for letting me interrupt me. Um, so I, wanna, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what, what love looks like today, right? And I want to go through this passage because I think this passage is absolutely loaded. We hear this passage a lot of times at a wedding and, and it's, uh, it feels kind of romantic and a little bit like, 
soupy, right? It feels like it's um, kind of fluffy, and we see it a lot of places on plaques. But I, but I want you to listen and think about what, what uh, Paul is telling the Corinthians and telling us as well. And we're going to kind of work our way through this passage. The first verse, it says, If I speak in tongues of men or angels and do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And I got Nate to, to mess with you guys, right? Why? Because, you know, what Paul is contrasting here is this. You can say all nice things, eloquent things. You can say the right words. Even to the point of men of, of, uh, on the tongues of men and angels. You can say the very nicest things, and guess what? Without love, it's nothing more than a noise, right? If, uh, a, a clanging cymbal. Nothing more than that, uh, that what would have been annoying if Nate would have done it every time we got to the end of the verse, right? I thought about that, but then I thought it would really distract us from the passage. But if Nate would have... every if he would have just kept hitting that symbol all the way through that passage, it would have got really just like in our heads. And it wouldn't have made much sense, right? We wouldn't, have, we, what nice things we could say about somebody or something, what nice things that come off our tongue don't mean anything if there's no love uh, involved in it, if there's no love a part of it. It reminds me that... Uh, that sometimes talk is cheap, right? We're really good at saying things. Are we as good at acting them out, at living them out? Are we as good at loving people where they are? It's a question for you, a question for me. Am I loving people more than just, just talking about loving Am I showing love to those who are around me? When I, when, I, when I get in the store, am I showing love? When I'm in, on the road, am I showing people love? Or am I just talking a good talk? The challenge for you, challenge for me, is to live that out. Not be a clanging symbol, but to love in our words. Our words can be like honey or like poison. Right? And all too often, uh, I didn't put the James passage up there, but all too often our tongue gets in the way. We say things we know we ought not say. We let, our, we let that get the best of us. And in the church setting, we need to do a better job of encouraging other people, challenging them to move forward, to grow stronger, to grow deeper in their faith. Why do you think um, that these young kids in these, in these small classes, uh, they grow up and they continue to grow and they're encouraged? And you know what those teachers do? They invest time and energy and they show love in very practical ways. And those kids want to go back. They want to be a part of that, right? I am so thankful for our Sunday school teachers because they take so much time and energy building and creating love in an environment where, where it's safe and they're able to grow and learn. 
right? If we look back in our own lives, I guarantee you can remember someone who said something kind to you, about you, someone who encouraged you along the way. We have those people in our life. And we're, we're able to remember those. We also can remember those things that people said that cut us, that sting, that hurt. I've learned one thing about ministry. People do not grow up hating the church. They don't grow up hating the church. And I can, teach, I can show you an example. Come to Vacation Bible School. This, this sanctuary will be chuck full of little kids who absolutely love being in the sanctuary of God. But isn't it interesting when we, when we come upon someone who says, I don't need any religion, I don't need your God, I'm an agnostic. Uh, I guarantee you one thing about that person. Guarantee you one thing. Someone burned them. Like it or not, it probably was one of our fellow Christians. People do not grow up hating God. They learn to hate God or hate the people who have hurt them with their words. Be careful, church. Be careful. Most people know, most people know when they're doing something wrong. Very rarely do we have to tell them, hey, stupid, you're being wrong. That's not what we have to do. We need to love them. God will show them what's going on that's wrong in their life careful how you speak verse 2 it says listen you can have all kinds of gifts and paul's talking uh he's go if you go back to first corinthians 12 you'll see the gifts right paul's talking about you can have all of these spiritual gifts you can be loaded down with all of these awesome gifts god has given you you can have strong faith Deep faith. And you can be really smart or have wisdom as it says. And guess what? If you haven't injected love into those things, they mean nothing. They're of no value. You want to know why Paul wrote this? He understood this. He was a top-notch guy. He understood religion. He understood. He was, he was taught under uh, Gamil, which was one of the, the top guys. He understood his education. He knew what he had for gifts. But he also realized that none of that mattered without love. And my sense is Paul's writing this from a, a lived experience when he, when he was on the road to Damascus. He understood that... He knew all the right answers until God got a hold of him and set him straight. He didn't fully, they didn't really mean much. And that's when he figured it out, right? He figured it out. Paul goes on to the next verse. He says, you can put yourself in a fire, right? Or uh, it says flames, right? Pretty much sacrifice your body. You can give everything you have to the poor. Paul's going down through this laundry list, saying, listen, these are all the things we think will make us right with God. 
These are all the things we think that um, we can show love, and they can show love. But without love involved in these things, they're of no value. He's talking to the people who were ringing the bell, clanging the cymbal in the streets, saying, hey, I got some free food. Look at me. I got some free food, right? Look at me. I got, I'm giving stuff away. He says, listen, if you don't show love, and in that case, love is compassion and empathy. Understanding that giving someone who's starving to death food is a kind gesture and not to be used as uh, a token of like, how, look how good I am. Paul says, listen, don't do any of these without love. Yes, we should be doing those. We should be speaking to people. We should be sharing our gifts. We should be uh, working on our faith and using the wisdom God gave us. We should be sacrificing ourselves and our lives and, and offering food, supplies, whatever it is, to those who are in need. But we need to do it with love. Then Paul goes to the, keeps on going, right? Verse 4. Love is patient. Does anybody like being patient? I despise patient. You know why? I like it when other people give me patience, right, Ken? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't despise it. I just am not really good at it. Love is kind. Thank you, Veronica. She gave us that one. She might have cheated. I don't know. She might have read the scripture. It does not envy. It does not boast. And it is not proud. Does that remind you of someone? Love is patient and kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Does someone come to your mind? Jesus, fair enough. Anybody? What's that? My grandma, right? When I think about someone who is able to show love, now I realize that not everyone's grandma is going to be in the, in the same role, the same position, but the reality is when I think about what love looks like in a very real, tangible uh, way, I realize that love is patient. Grandma is, was always patient and kind. and She may have envied, but I don't know. She never told me. She didn't boast and she was never proud. And thankfully, I'll get my chance to be grandpa. Right? The reality is we'll all have that role. We may not feel like we're in that role right now, but we have the opportunity to be patient and kind, and, uh, and not envious, and, and not boasting, and not proud. We, we have those opportunities that are put in front of us as a believer in Christ. And the really cool part about this is we get a chance to, to exercise them, to show other people. We get a chance uh, to live this out. Our Christian faith is not... Um, is not just having this little card in our pocket that says we're good. That's not what it's about. It's about living it out in a very real way. When given the opportunities, we, we, we have the opportunity to show people kindness 
in the name of Jesus, to show people patience. And he goes on and and he gives us some things that it's not, again, right? We go back and forth. It's not rude or easily angered or self-seeking or no, keeps no records of wrongdoing. Does anybody struggle with rude, with our attitudes? Anybody struggle with being selfish? I believe that, that that's our normal, natural, sinful state. So if you're telling me you're not uh, self-seeking in any way, shape, or form, I will call you a liar. Because that's, because that's exactly what we are in our sinful state. It's exactly who we are as humans. To me, it, it really does encompass the human experience. And I've used this example a ton of times, but go into the nursery and put three or four or five little kids around one, uh, one toy and see what happens. Right? They don't play nice. Why? Because as humans, it's ingrained in us. That sin is ingrained in us to be self-seeking, to be, it's all mine. I can have ten toys and you get none. It's work to not be rude. It's work to not be selfish. It's work to not get mad. And how about that last one? keeps no record of wrong. You know what? I guarantee someone in here, that's a struggle. I guarantee anyone who's been married, that's a struggle. Right? We have to learn not to keep a record of wrongs. We have to learn not to keep a mental uh, uh, tablet in our brain that says, you wronged me. You did this. Oh, there it is, right? I'm not going to let you do that one once bitten, twice. I'm, nope, right? Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Oh, keep it. Ken, it says, no record. <laughs> Throw the records out, right? We know because we've been there. We know how hard it is to not carry a grudge. We know how hard it is to not to feel not feel the way we feel about some people. That is hard. And yet love keeps no record of wrong. I'm not telling you these are easy, right? I, I, I didn't I didn't say, well, here's the top eight verses for easy ways to love other people. Nope. But Paul speaks to our heart. And then he goes back to, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Have you ever been in that spot where you're you're like, well, I guess they got what they deserved, (laughs) right? Yeah, we've been there. It's a whole lot harder to say, well, I'm happy for you. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Do you hang on the truth? Even when you've been hurt, 
Do you hang on the truth? Can you show love in the truth? I didn't put the verse up there, but it comes to mind this morning. There's a verse that says, speak the truth in love. Right? And a lot of times people read, speak the truth. And they miss the in love. That means sometimes we got to bite our tongue. That means sometimes we really do need to step back and give God time and space uh, to orchestrate the words that need to be spoken. Because sometimes we might be absolutely telling the truth. But it may not be in love. Let me challenge you to be very careful about your words. As Paul goes on and he says, love always... Whoops, I went the wrong too far. Oh, sorry, Brian. Love always protects... It always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. That's what love looks like. Love is protecting and trusting and hoping and persevering. The very things that I see in a a mother-child relationship or a parenting-child relationship, right? Loving and protecting Uh, trusting and hoping and persevering. Raising children is an exercise in perseverance. Fair statement? Yes. (laughs) But God has offered and given those, those children to us to help us understand. I believe to help us understand His love for us. Right? We see that reflection. It's easy um, to see a baby and be like, oh, this is awesome. And then they grow up. <laughs> right? And it doesn't take very long. And you're like, that scripture that says man is but a few days and full of trouble. I, I love that verse because it's like, yeah, I see that all the time. But God's love is reflected in, in the way he treats us and the way that we should treat our children as well. And finally, this this last verse, or verse 8, says, love never fails. Has anybody ever failed in their life? Wow. Brentley's the only one that put his arm up. Thanks, Brentley. (laughs) The rest of them. He's not? Oh, there was a nod. Oh, Veronica had a nod, right? Anybody, Anybody learn to fail when you were growing up? Did your parents teach you that? I know. Right? It's not something, it's not something we always like learned. And yet we understand failure, right? And some of us, to the point of getting to the to we will do anything under the sun to not fail. Whatever it takes to not fail. And this, this verse really sticks out to me as the example what John Tall was talking about, God, right? This is the example of God. God never fails. Never fails. And then, he, of course, Paul goes on, there'll be lots of other things and they will. 
go away. But love, it never fails. It's a, it's a cool picture. I like this picture. Mostly because I think it just kind of encapsulates Jesus and his blood and the sacrifice that was given for each one of us. That's the love that never fails. Right? We, we as humans, we don't have that capacity in our own selves. We've proven that. But Jesus, he understood what it meant to never uh, not love people. When he had the opportunity, and I believe that he had the opportunity in Gethsemane, we could, we could talk about that. I believe that he understood exactly where he was in Gethsemane, Matthew 26. He understood the sacrifice he was about to make. He also knew that he had come to be that sacrifice. And he took it to the cross. Now we could have a, we could have a theological discussion about, well, did he really have the ability to not go to the cross? Did he really have the ability to not make that decision? Love to talk about that if you want to talk about it. I believe he had the choice. He made the choice. He knew what it was going to be. He understood the, the, the consequences and he continued to go forward. He says, not my will, but thy will be done. So he took it to the cross because love would not fail. He would not fail us. That relationship began on the cross. It was sealed by his blood. And, and when he rose again on the third day, it was a reminder that what he said would come true. That the prophecies would be delivered. And that Jesus would come and make a difference in our life. And so let me challenge you as, as a, someone sitting here this morning. If you haven't made that decision... We, we, every week I say, if you haven't made that decision, but I, but I feel like that there's never a, you need to make that decision. There's never a bad time to contemplate that. And maybe this week is the week that you feel like I need to contemplate following Jesus in my life. I've heard it a hundred times. I've heard it a hundred times, but I haven't taken the next step. The days grow closer and closer and closer to the end. It's a clock. Tick, 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 tick. And every day we grow closer to Jesus returning. We grow closer to the end of our lives. If you haven't made that decision, give Jesus a chance. Because his love will never fail. People will fail you. Jesus will never fail you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for, for the reminder of what love looks like. 
what love doesn't look like. Lord, may we live uh, our lives expressing love like Paul wrote it in Corinthians. May we keep no records of wrongs. May we be patient and kind and may we exercise love in our relationships. Thank you for your love. In your name we pray. Amen.